So, Jake's house. Jake says, all right, we'll take Tom first. No explanation, no discussion. Just grab him. Give him zero time to react. It shouldn't be hard. He can't fight all three of us. Once we have Tom, my parents will come willingly. They won't let us kidnap Tom without them. Uh, of course they wouldn't. They'd risk anything to save him. That's what parents did. Uh, and they go down to his house and his, well, we get this observation from Tobias. Jake was focused the way he always is. Serious, determined, all the normal Jake stuff, maybe edged up a notch or two. But he also seemed, I don't know, fearless, defiant. His turns were a little sharper, his dives a little steeper, almost like a fighter pilot, almost like Rachel. I watched him sweep over his neighborhood, spin and plummet toward his house. Yeah, we were taking his parents, forcing them to leave everything they knew, everything they loved. But we were also taking Tom. And it was the moment Jake had been waiting for since this war began. The moment when he would liberate his brother from the Yerks. The moment Jake would finally set the real Tom free. Uh, but nobody's home. Uh, and we're reminded that this morning, Jake was sitting at the breakfast table with his family, while his mom and dad were like, oh, we're going to go lawnmower shopping. Um, and Tom, you should come with. Jake, you should come with us, too. And Jake being like, nah, I gotta go help Cassie's dad with something at the barn. I'll be back later. And so Jake is like, they went shopping. I thought they'd be home by now, but that's okay. When they get here, they'll already be in the car, all three of them. That makes our job easier. Um, Jake goes oh, into the house. Sidebar. Mm-hmm. Sidebar. Mm-hmm. Do we think he's do we think he's lying to himself? Yes. Oh, absolutely. So do we don't. Yeah, is it an act of like? Because if Marco was there, you know, Marco would have said the quiet part loud already. Yeah. Like you let your parents go somewhere with Tom. Yeah. When shits hit the fan. Yeah. Which kind of makes me think that they should have done Jake's family first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because his his well, reasoning is that Tom was likely to cause trouble. Yeah, which is not bad reasoning. You know that like if if anyone's going to cause a lot of trouble, it's going to be Tom, and we don't want to take up all of our resources and time dealing with Tom when we still have to get the other two families out. Um, but it's also interesting because doing Jake's family last means having the least amount of people because right. Marco and Cassie and Rachel have already gone. Mm-hmm. But notice the people that Jake has with him now are acts who will basically do anything Jake asks up mm-hmm. to a point, and Tobias, who will always, mm-hmm. who's nearly always backed him up. Mm-hmm. Not Rachel, who pushes back. Not Cassie, who will make him touch in, get in touch with his emotions. Yep, I'm sad. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I think I think the second that. Jake sees that his family isn't home yet, he gets that he starts to realize something is very wrong and I made the wrong call this morning. And the deni- yeah, and the denial starts kicking in hard. Yeah. And as as Dirk said in the comments, oh Jake, <laughs> denial is not just a river in Egypt. Yeah. Like And I don't even know that going for Jake's family first would have done anything because they'd still be out, quote unquote, shopping. Yeah. So, like, I don't know that the order of operations here was the problem. The problem was that they went shopping at the beginning. Yeah, they didn't do it the night before. Mm, Um, That's fair. um, 
Which again was still Jake's call, so he's still blaming himself for it. Yes. Yes. Um and so Jake goes in the house, packs his family's bags, puts them in the garage, slides the garage door open, just waiting. Uh while he's waiting, he plays some one on one basketball, or just one solo basketball. Uh, you know, dribbling, throwing the basketball, clearly getting out nervous energy. Um, and still no sign of the Yerks, still no sign of Jake's parents. Um, and Axe is the one who says, uh, you know, the longer they're gone, the more worried I become. And Tobias is like, yeah, we're leaving a trail, Cassie's farm, Rachel's house. It won't take the Yerks long to find out the families are gone and even less time to figure out your family's next. And Jake's like, they'll be home. It'll take my dad a while to decide on a lawnmower. Lawnmower, I repeated. Yeah. With Tom. Yeah. Okay, think about this a minute. Tom is a fairly high-ranking controller. By now he knows about the blood bank break-in, about a partial human DNA match, but he's spending the morning shopping for a lawnmower. Does that strike you as odd? No. (laughs) Jake faked left, broke right, charged the basket. Lawnmowers are on sale. They went to look at them. Perfectly normal. A family looking at lawnmowers. Nothing odd about it. Uh, Tobias still doesn't see anything, any sign of anything. And Axe is like, Prince Jake, Tom is infested with a ruthless, power-hungry Yerk, and your parents... I know, Axe. I know. My parents aren't safe with him. He tried to infest my dad with a Yerk. He tried to... He tried to kill him. Tom the controller had tried to kill his own father. Uh and their car uh comes into view. Uh headed towards Jake's house. All of them are in the car. Tom is with them. They're all physically okay. Uh but there are two SUVs keeping pace with Jake's family's car on parallel streets. It's a trap. The Yerks are on to them. They have to get out of there. They have to abort. And Jake's like, I can't leave. They're my family. Um, Axe is trying to remind him, like, remember, this is a tactical retreat. Save the army. Live to fight another day. And Jake's like, no, there won't be another day. If we don't get them out now, we might not get another chance. He begins to morph Tiger. Uh, Tobias flies to, uh, tries to fly towards, uh, Jake's family's car, um, maybe get Jake's dad to stop driving, um, you know, do something not, because at this point they're, they're not 100% certain that Jake's parents have already been taken. They think maybe the Yerks are doing this pincer trap to get all of them, right? Um, uh, but as Tobias attacks a car, uh, Jake's mom, rolls the window down, and shoots at him with a dragon beam. You know, like non-infested people do. Just normal girly things. Just normal girly. <laughs> Gaslight gatekeep girl boss, am I right? <laughs> um, and, Did Jake's uh, mom utilize girl power when firing at Tobias oh with dragon beam? <laughs> Um, Tom is like, don't fire a dragon beam in broad daylight. What are you doing? And like a big dragon beam scar rips across the front of Jake's house. Um, 
and symbolism symbolism yay and Axe is like Prince Jake we must retreat uh, and everyone is yelling at Jake to get the fuck out there's nothing you can do here and oh god this moment Jake mm-hmm. nods I'm just gonna read this again mm. um, Jake nodded the black and orange stripes had already disappeared the feather pattern of a peregrine falcon began to etch itself across his skin The car's engine revved, the Lexus lurched forward. Jake, wait, Eric cried. I'll project a hologram to hide the morph. No, I want them to see this. In full view of his family, Jake morphed a peregrine falcon. His body shrank, arms became wings, feet became talons. This is for them. His thought speak was a whisper. For my real family, to give them hope, and finally, the truth and for their Yerk captors to give them warning. Ugh. Bitch. Fucking <sighs> incredible. I die. As a, yeah, it, a crowning moment of awesome, for sure. And I, I love it as, like, a parallel slash a partner to um, Marco morphing in front of his dad. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, and they fly out. They they're able to. It's a bad. It's a rot. It's bad. This is yeah. like the the house is getting fired on. When like obviously it's Jake's bedroom that get bedroom window that gets shattered. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're being fired at loads. Uh, Jake's mother is screaming, "Filthy humans!" Just you know, mm-hmm. to really ram it home. Mm-hmm. Um. It's a hard getaway, but they do so. Um, I say that it's like this is a long ass sort of effect. This is a chase sequence. Mm-hmm. Fully, um, Axe is like trying to reassure Jake, um, and Jake is like absolutely blaming himself right now. And we hear him berating himself, uh, and uh, he is flying in a way we have seen people do before. Um, and he literally does, um, a dive like he is trying to kamikaze himself on the pavement. And I think, like, Tobias is definitely worried for a moment. Uh, because Tobias has pulled this move. Mm -hmm. I was just about to say that. Yeah. Of course Uh, Tobias would recognize it for what it is. mm Because this... You assume, like, is Jake just trying to get out of his head for a moment? Mm-hmm. Like, have that brief moment of release. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Jake- or if he's just trying to avoid the conversation with the others. I think, I think he's, he's, I mean, I think he's, he's furious at himself and flying oh, yeah. recklessly in the kind of self-endangering way that people can do when they're angry at themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically... Like driving you know, recklessly. Like yeah, exactly. Little... Exactly. Um, what's wrong with me? Why didn't I get them out last night? When I need to wait, plan, gather more information, what do I do? Charge in, go for the surprise, screw up things permanently. 
But when I need to charge in to save the people I love most, I wait. I say, go home, get some rest, sleep on it. Great plan. I get sleep, my parents get yurks. Tobias muses, I'd never seen him like this. Even in our lowest moments, he'd always been steady, resolute. He weighed the costs, made a decision, forged ahead. And I'd always wondered how he did it, how he kept it straight in his mind. Yurks, Visser one, aliens conquering humans, conquering the planet, fighting the enemy without becoming like them. How did he sort through all that? The emotions, the ethical dilemmas, the moral crises. How did he wrap his brain around it all so we, so he could make logical decisions, smart decisions, the kind that saved the lives of his team, the kind that set the enemy back a small step or two? But now I knew. Jake didn't understand any of it better than the rest of us did. If he defeated the Yerks, freed humanity, rescued Earth, that was good. But that was a bonus. His main goal was much simpler, to save his family. That goal was what had given him strength. That goal was what had kept him sane allowed him to retain a center of calm focus amid the awful chaos. Family. I'm resisting making a Fast and Furious joke. I just want to let that be known. <coughs> Family. <laughs> uh, doesn't make you worry about Jake at all. Uh, no, not at all. Nah, uh, uh. He'll, he'll be totally fine. He's so fine. Yeah, nothing like a person with nothing left to lose. They are always the most rationally acting people. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Fine. I mean, Holy aside, fine. I mean, yeah. Aside from Cassie, who it's her, she's done this. It's like coming from her. Like, hmm. Love to see somebody's tethers to humanity and doing the right thing just ping off. Mm-hmm. Like an elastic band. Mm-hmm. Like. <sighs> but also, I don't think that we see or have seen uh, another character get Jake like this. Mm. I think we have brief moments of insight. Mm-hmm. Um, like, And I think most, like Marco's done it, Cassie's done it, even Rachel's mm-hmm. had her moments, but. Tobias seeing to the core of him. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. This is like the most, <laughs> this is the deepest cut read we've seen of Jake. Well, I yeah. think too, that's partially because the others haven't, like Jake's kept a pretty iron grip on his self-control. Yeah. Because he's had to. Right. And like he yeah, has said as such, like if he goes yeah. into his anger, he won't, he worries he won't come back. Right. And in this moment, he can't help but lose that self-control a little bit. I don't think he's mm-hmm. totally lost it because he still retreats. He still listens to his soldiers and isn't actively killing himself. Um, he's angry and he's unfocused and he's uh, kind of dangling over the ledge. But he's still holding on a little bit because it's still the war that he feels responsible for and the others that he feels responsible for. Um, But this is the most we've seen him kind of lose control like this, maybe since like 16. Uh, And 
in that moment, Tobias can see through what the 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 mask that Jake's been hiding behind. <clears throat> and can understand what Cassie has understood this whole time, which is that Jake's family, and especially his brother, are were his entire reason for fighting and for continuing to keep going and to to hold hope alive. And when he loses that, he goes a bit off the deep end. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> and I'm over here nodding like you can actually fucking see me. Um, <laughs> the but vibe y- is carrying through. Y- yeah, yeah. Also, the at this point, the Yerks know these battle morphs pretty well. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, if they're like looking for tigers and wolves and bears, oh my! Yep. Why was there not a bug fighter with them, knowing full well that these kids would try and escape by air? Oh, uh, maybe. Because, yeah, bug bug fighters have, like, cloaking tech. Maybe it's because they were trying to be as low-key as possible and not arouse suspicion slash panic. Yeah. Blowing up a whole neighborhood really did that. Yeah. But I also like, these are yurks maybe with their first human controller. But Mm -hmm. this, again, says something Mm, about the yurk in Tom's head, who may have Mm -hmm. made the call about it. Yeah. Um, We know that yurk is, like, is... As, as I said, is a pretty high-ranking mm-hmm. uh, yerk at this point. So, frankly, if uh, if Jake's mom hadn't fucking blown their cover, mm. they could have still impersonated Jake's parents long enough to potentially get close enough to do some real damage. Like mm. the only reason Tom's plan here doesn't really work is because. The Yurk in Jake's mom's head is trigger happy. bad at their job. <laughs> yeah. Uh, bad oh, at following got, like, or, <clears throat> Yeah, or pick like somebody who got a Rachel-esque Yurk who's like, nah, I'm going to mm-hmm. fight it. And he's yeah. like ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and like Tom's Yurk is very smart. Yeah, and- we've seen that. Numerous times. We've seen that mm-hmm. numerous times. Uh, it isn't until the the kids go after Lauren, um, spoilers, that the Yerks begin to pull out all the stops because they recognize it's their last chance uh, to, to use... Uh, like they recognize, all right, these are the people, these are the families that the Anmorphs would take out, like try to, to pull out. Um, and we've lost three of them, but we have this fourth one. Like we're going to pull all the stops to try to, to catch them at it here. Um, but yeah, I think, I think Tom just thought that the the sneakier way would work a little better and it would have um that's fair mm. <clears throat> there's a i don't know my my line of thinking was just that you know visser one has already said let's just go all out 
mm-hmm. all out war. Yeah, maybe it's I, the it, the animorphs are still considered to be like a, a host with morphing abilities mm-hmm. is too okay. too valuable a resource to risk just killing. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Vizzle one feeling like it's his right because arrogant motherfucker like no i will have them captured so we can mm-hmm. use them mm-hmm. that's maybe a reasoning i could see for why not just yeah mask off full on mm-hmm. yeah oh I'll, I'll, i i can accept that yeah i've got this thought half percolating what we're saying about like jake's motivation being save my family and how and i do not think this is a bad thing uh this is not a judgment call of like how narrow the focus is mm-hmm. how some might say selfish and to be clear just because you get something out of doing a good thing doesn't negate the good thing uh, like people who go on and on about oh true altruism like fuck off you're allowed mm-hmm. to enjoy the feeling you get for helping somebody. Like you're still increasing the amount of good in the world. Mm-hmm. Like, but there's something interesting to me about having that choice be there for Jake, as we know, is somebody that's been very focused on doing what's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And somebody acting really out of such a selfish motivation is such an interesting character choice. It's like, mm-hmm. all I really care about is getting my family out. That's what keep, that's what's keeping me on the moral track. Mm-hmm. And if anything happens to them, all bets are off. And I think that's a really cool choice. That makes yeah. for an incredibly compelling character for somebody that feel, that pressure, pressures himself to do the right thing and we've gone back and forth about the difference between him and marco and the act of thinking a thing the act of doing the thing which is worse yada yada mm-hmm. and i just love seeing here going i don't say all it took because i'm not trying to mind my bit if all it took for was for what is going to put jake over the edge as we're seeing the hints of is that his parents are yerked what would have happened if it happened sooner, how different mm-hmm. would the war have looked if Jake hadn't had that sooner? Which mm-hmm. is a scary, albeit interesting, thought path yeah. to go down. I mean, I, d- I definitely think he would have been much more ruthless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Tobias musing earlier about if um, Marco had been the one to get turned stuck as a bird and how different mm-hmm. it would have been like, and we get this musing later from Tobias about how now Jake's in Tobias's old position. And we don't fully expand on what that might be the case. But if it had been Jake like that from the start, I said, I think we would have seen a very different war. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's I think that whole it would thing have been like, like even darker, <laughs> if that's possible. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I'll tell you what. Reckon David would have t- uh, bit the bullet, <laughs> for example. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. But somebody who doesn't have the ties to me, why would I care mm-hmm. about that? I just need us to win this. I need this mm-hmm. to be over. Mm-hmm. 
Because Rachel, we've seen acts out of duty. We've talked about it a lot. Um, uh, some of the others' choices and, and what motivates them. Marco is the, one of the few others who's also been very sort of narrow in focus. But again, what Marco says and what Marco does, mm-hmm. two very different things. This is a kid that gets hurt for the others so much. Mm-hmm. I have feelings about my son. Yeah. But I, I just love this development. Mm-hmm. And while it makes sense that it's happening now, I can't help but wonder about like the canon divergent of divergences here mm-hmm. of what this looks like. Like, I do not know any specifics about what happens between now and the end of the book. I know Jake does something. <laughs> and it's going to be bad because Danielle laughs like that whenever I hint <laughs> at it. But also... Crickets, because crickets, it, crickets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you both for your self-control. But hes I know he's going to make a call because that's what it's building to. It's building to him making the decision that nobody else could have made and it's going to be bad. And it's probably going to be what it, exactly what is needed and it'll win the war and it'll fucking suck because he's going to be the person that made that choice. Can't wait. Can't wait to be sad and throw shit across Danielle's lounge <laughs> when I read it. Because <laughs> I'm going to be there and I'll be screaming about it, I'm sure. Oh, right. I am still petitioning for uh, a live reading of the last book, personally. But Look... If need be, I'll get like we'll set up a camera and we'll do like a time <laughs> or something. And just like, kill uh, yeah, me fine. Yeah, I couldn't. But I would not be we, able to maintain composure long enough to do a live reading. Like, yeah, I can't. Oh, I just live, been strictly live, Jade. Uh, like just live reaction could be entertaining, yeah. frankly, yeah. even if it's not like a really just like mm, okay. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. We need to, to get back into the sad. So with the musing about family, uh, Tobias peels off from Jake and Axe and, you know, he uses the excuse, I need to hunt, catch up with you later, but there ain't any doubt in Jake or Axe's mind about what Tobias is going to do. Um, if... If they did think he was just going to hunt, this would seem extremely callous. <laughs> uh, like, damn, Tobias. Uh, although it wouldn't be entirely out of character for what we have seen from Tobias since he was tortured. Um, yeah, he does sometimes kinda... peace out when he needs to, mm-hmm. when things get too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but he flies back to his mother's house. Um, he has to do, uh, a bit of a, like a, a couple of flybys and like sneaking it, sneaking around because there are now several Yerks, uh, just kind of stationed outside Lauren's house now watching for her. Uh, there is. I do love that he's able to clock them for what they are right away. Mm. Oh yeah. He's got very good about recognizing and following controllers. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, there's like a, a, a 
quote unquote bag lady, a van, uh, with some people in it and a, a teenager that are all just kind of, uh, loitering, um, and pacing outside of Lauren's house, waiting for the animorphs to show up, essentially. Um, uh, so Tobias has to do like a flyby and then like pretend like he's an actual bird and then circle around and come back much sneakier because like the, the woman sees him and is like, I'm not sure if it's an actual bandit. I don't want to draw attention. Let's wait and see if it comes back. Um, but Tobias, uh, finds a spot basically on like a neighboring roof. And just sits there for hours again, um, waiting for Lauren to come back out. Uh, and eventually she does. And Tobias, uh, goes to follow her. Uh, the Yerks also kind of follow behind as Lauren and Champ walk to the nearby 7-Eleven. Um, and as Tobias is kind of like flitting between backyards below roof lines, Following his mother, uh, Marco talks to him. Uh, the dog man, the dog's your ticket. Uh, an osprey and northern harrier jetted up behind me, Marco and Axe. What are you guys doing here? Protecting an endangered species, Marco replied. You. Prince Jake sent us. He thought you might need help. I remembered the address. And I'm just like, oh, these kids. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Because, of course, they can't let him do this alone. Yeah. Um, I also love that he... Tobias is so on focus, he doesn't even notice mm -hmm. the others until Marco's talking to him. Mm -hmm. And we know he pays attention for other birds. Yeah. Because, you know, he could get picked out of the sky. Right. So... Um, but they go to the 7-Eleven, they demorph to human... Um, oh my god, this scene. <laughs> this scene is so, it's so good and so bad. Um, so they demorph and they go into the 7 Eleven. Um, and Marco's like, just act casual. We're three neighborhood punks hanging at the 7 Eleven. And <laughs> Axe. Mm -hmm. Oh, God bless Axe. I love him so much. He goes up to the counter and he's like, do not worry. We are irresponsible teenage hoodlums, possibly gang members, and but you are not in any danger. <laughs> <laughs> Marco just like pulls Axe toward the back of the store. What's the most like? He's gangs from out of town. <laughs> so good. Um, and then the three of them start harassing Lauren. Um, like you know, teenage assholes would do to a blind person. Frankly, um, mm. he mostly they're focusing on. The dog, like, jostling the dog and, like, um, uh, throwing drinks at, like, offering them Coke, uh, offering the dog Coke mm. kind of thing. Um, I do love this detail, um, mm -hmm. in this scene. Like, Lauren's ignoring them, to be clear, as is Champ. Like, Champ is doing his guy dog best. Um, and Lauren is just ignoring these kids. Has probably dealt with this shit so many, especially as somebody, especially as a woman, mm -hmm. like doubly so, with visible scars, because mm -hmm. people suck. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but um, she picks up uh, from the coolers like a, a carton of milk or a quart of milk, and Tobias sees that it's out of date. Um, and playing it off as like again being an asshole, grabs the basket out of Lauren's hand and replaces the expired milk with a fresh one, um, mm -hmm. commenting on, on what's in the basket and then just shoves it back into her hand. And just mm -hmm. like this, that just little detail, um, mm -hmm. acts like she does not seem to be afraid of us. Um, uh, uh, Tobias, who's always like, she probably she's probably been through worse. <laughs> and then this, and I'm going to read this because this yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Axe nodded. She does not understand how menacing we are. He tapped her on the shoulder. You do not know me, he said, but I am a juvenile delinquent. I do not trust authority figures. I probably will not graduate from high school. And statistics say my present rowdiness and vandalism will likely lead to more serious crimes. I am a dangerous fellow and I am causing mayhem in this store. He reached behind her and pulled three jars of baby food from the top shelf, shoved them behind a box of macaroni, shuffled the cheese whiz in front of the marshmallow fluff, tossed a bag of lady shavers onto a bag of hamburger buns. There, I have now shamelessly destroyed the symmetry of this shelf, undoing hours of labour by underpaid store employees. If you could see me, you would be frightened. <laughs> we did a line of my, if she could see you, she'd have you committed. Which, casual labelism, you know how we feel about it here, but also as a response to what Axe just did. <laughs> it's fair, frankly, but like, mm, Axe, you watch so much TV. <laughs> so much. <sighs> but also, that's just some big autistic energy in the best way. Like, ah, my people. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that also, like, he's using all these facts and stuff like that, like, mm -hmm. oh, my boy. Yeah. I should say. Is yeah. his boy. But, um, yeah. And at this point, after that hilarity, there's this moment where, I will, this is probably a sign of how, or the awareness I try to be like, Marco literally grabs hold of Champ's um, harness, like the, the, the handle, and pulls it out of Lauren's hands. Uh, and Champ being the best of boys, um, is fully resisting being pulled away. We know Marco's not a big kid either. Mm -hmm. But it, it takes, um, him putting his hand on Champ to put him into the acquiring trance for them to, um, get the, get Champ away from Lauren. Mm -hmm. Um, Throws a casual throw over to Lauren about don't go anywhere and don't call the cops. Um, and then they take Champ out um, to a storage room. Tobias mocks Mark over his choice of words. Uh, okay, don't call the cops. He'll fight. Oh, here gets it. Maybe you shouldn't watch so much Nick at night. And Michael's like, it worked. Um, but, Which I uh, read that in like the uh, like detective noir kind of thing like <laughs> or final here gets it see like that kind mm -hmm. of bullshit is what was uh -huh. playing through my head and i giggled mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um especially coming out like a fucking short ass like little kid yes mm -hmm. yes good shit um but tobias acquires uh champ as a morph um 
we get a good description of somebody morphing from red-tailed hawk to German shepherd. It ain't pretty. Um, but um, what's cool is that he sort of pulls on Champ's responsibilities. Like, this is a mm-hmm. trained dog that is very smart. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have dog biscuits to keep Champ quiet and um, Tobias, as Champ wearing uh, the like harness and handle, uh, goes back out to Lauren. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um who is so very happy to see her dog, understandably. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tobias uh, impersonating a guide dog does extremely poorly, which is as it should be because it takes a lot of fucking training. Yeah. Uh, this is this is frankly extremely dangerous to do uh, mm-hmm. to a person who relies upon uh, a guide dog. Um but Lauren is extremely kind. Um, she yeah, she assumes that Champ's a bit shook up from what yeah. just happened. Yeah, uh, um, never gets angry to, at him. Yeah, because Tobias like fucks up a few times. Like he yeah. uh, goes too goes fast, too fast almost trips her. Um, she steps on his foot, um, and when she steps on his foot, he <laughs> he like yips. We've all heard. We all we've all heard the soul yeah. crushing noise. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, and she she like crouches down and pets him, and Tobias like nearly passes out because of just the the compassion and affection that he's receiving. How touch starved are these kids? <laughs> you know the answer to that question. I know, but like. <laughs> It's um, one thing to know it, and it's another thing to see it so viscerally yeah. portrayed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he thinks about how, like, uh, he's fantasized about his mother touching him, like, tucking him into bed at night, and, like, holding his face in her hands and kissing her his nose. And that's, like, exactly what she does. She, like, holds his little doggy face in her hands and kisses his nose. Uh, like you do with your dog, and Tobias just like trembling, um, and it's just the cutest fucking thing. I die, <laughs> um, but she's like, yeah, you're okay now. Those guys really shook you up. Um, it's okay. They're gone. Um, I barely breathe. My mother was reassuring me, loving me. Yeah, I know. She wasn't really loving me. She was loving her guide dog, but I was the one standing there. Um, and he just kind of like lets her pet him for a minute. Uh, and then they go out and walk back home without further incident. Um, and Tobias sees the inside of his mother's house. And it's pretty blank, uh, which is understandable because Lauren can't see and doesn't need pictures on the walls. Um, and he, he compares it to the kinds of places that he stayed with his aunt and uncle, just kind of like obviously low income housing type places. Um, and the difference being that this room is clean. Like, Lauren keeps things tidy and neat and organized. 
Um, and, uh, Tobias is looking through the house, trying to figure out if anything is out of place, if anything proves that she is a controller, um, and he kind of wants to find evidence that she's a controller, because, uh, he's been burned before, um, he, he, with, in book 23, when, uh, Visser 1 pretended to be his cousin that wanted to adopt him, um, it was all a trap. Um, and Tobias is just like, so no matter how nice she seemed, how, no matter how good she was at petting her dog, I knew better than to let myself get sucked in by fantasies of a warm, fuzzy family life, which is like Ow. extremely, extremely specific trauma. That is just the worst. Um, and, but he does, he doesn't find anything. No portable candrona, no leftover scent of pork bajir, nothing to link her to the Yerks. Um, uh, Lauren just kind of goes about her evening, putting away the groceries, fixing dinner. Tobias has to demorph and remorph a couple of times. Uh, and eventually Lauren goes to bed and Tobias morphs his human self, um, because he needs hands and he searches Lauren's house, like extremely thoroughly and methodically, just like looking at literally everything. Um, I told myself I was still looking for signs of Yerkes, and I was, but the truth is I wanted more than that. I wanted an explanation, an explanation of her life, an explanation of why I wasn't in it. And at the bottom of a desk drawer, tucked under a row of hanging folders, I found it. A fat brown envelope. I pulled it out, blew the dust off, opened it. It was full of medical reports, doctor bills, invoices from a lawyer, and a letter, yellowed at the edges, the paper cracked where it had been unfolded and refolded several hundred times. It was from an insurance company addressed to my mother. Enclosed, please find final payment for injuries suffered in an automobile accident on June 12th. We acknowledge that you have suffered brain damage and loss of vision. However, these conditions are permanent and irreversible. Further medical attention is not authorized. Your claims of total amnesia cannot be proven, and reconstructive surgery is not covered under your group policy. The enclosed sum terminates our liability in this incident. Which is just so, um, like, it's so accurate for the American healthcare system. Fully. Uh, and I hate it. Um, and Tobias kind of just, like, stares at this letter. Um, my mother had amnesia. What does that mean? That she didn't remember anything that happened before the accident. She didn't remember me. But she must. I was her son. Somewhere inside her damaged brain, she had to have some memory of me. Didn't she? A sliver of memory stored in a healthy brain cell somewhere? She had to. I'd talk to her. Yeah, first thing in the morning. Jake wouldn't like it, but Jake wasn't here. And this was my mother. Maybe my voice or just my presence would bring something back. One tiny memory. Okay, so I'd been watching too many soaps with Axe. I'd seen too many cases of TV amnesia cured by a visit from a long-lost love. But if it happened on TV, why couldn't it happen for me? Uh, and so in the morning, Tobias morphs his human self again, makes a pot of coffee, and just kind of sits in her kitchen like a fucking creeper. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, and when his mom gets up, she comes into the kitchen and immediately recognizes that someone is in her house because they made coffee, um, and isn't exactly being super quiet. Uh, and she's just like, who is it? She isn't 
doesn't sound afraid, just puzzled. I guess she figured a burglar or a chainsaw murderer wouldn't stop to brew a cup of java. And Tobias can't even keep his voice from cracking when he tells her that it's Tobias, your son. She reached for a kitchen chair, sank into it. Tobias. Pain washed over her face. I wondered if you'd ever find me. I stared at her. Uh, you remember me. You know who... No. She shook her head. Not the way you think. I know I have a son. I know his name is Tobias, but that's all I know. They brought a little boy to me after the accident. A baby, really. They told me he was mine. I didn't remember him. I wanted to. I tried to, but I didn't. I don't remember anything of my life before the accident. I swallowed. Even now? I mean, it's been a long time. Didn't any of it ever come back? She frowned. She sat silently for a long moment. There were images, vague, half-formed, a toe-headed boy. My hand rose almost involuntarily to touch my blonde hair. She nodded, like she'd read my mind. It could have been you. I don't know. It's all so distant. The other images were terrifying. Aliens. Aliens? I sat very still. Sounds crazy, she said. I know, but it's the only way I could describe them. Which, of course, sent my doctor scrambling for more tests and convinced my sister, or whoever she was, that I was completely nuts. But that's what I had in my head. Aliens. Straight from a nightmare. Yeah, I'd lived that nightmare. Look. She pushed, her, pushed herself from the chair and felt for the counter. I think I know why you're here. You think I abandoned you. I guess, in a way, I did. She pulled a cup from the cabinet and filled it with coffee. But I couldn't raise a little boy alone. I was blind. Permanently. Facing years of physical therapy. You needed someone who could take care of you. Someone who at least remembered you. I needed a mother. My voice echoed through the kitchen. I wanted to catch it and pull it back into my throat, but it was too late. It was already out there, hanging. Lauren stirred her coffee. Her spoon clanked against the cup. She sat back down at the table. When I lost my memory, she said, I didn't just forget the people I'd known and the things I'd done. I lost things that were much more basic, like brushing my teeth. Somebody had to teach me how to brush my teeth. But first they had to explain what a tooth was. I had no idea what these little hard things in my mouth were called. She let out a breath. There's no way I could have raised you. I nodded. Made sense. In my head. My heart took a little more convincing. But you never even, I mean, you didn't. Visit? I know. I was in the hospital for a long time. When I got out, I didn't know where you were. They sent you to stay with my sister, but I didn't know her address. I didn't even know her last name. The hospital didn't have it on file. Maybe I could have tried harder. I just thought, hoped, you were happy. With people who cared about you. Who at least knew who you were. You didn't need a crazy blind woman in your life. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I still did. That stuff doesn't matter anymore, I said. What matters is that you're in danger. I can't explain it now, and you wouldn't believe me anyway, but I've got to get out, get you out of here. Uh, and he explains that you're not safe here. I have to get you out. I'll figure out how, but right now we're going to go to the, for a walk in the park and you'll get your real dog back. Don't worry. He's safe. Uh, the replacement dog will take you to him. Then you have to come back to the house and stay. Don't leave. Don't even go outside. Promise me this. My friends and I will be watching. Um, and at first she's like, uh, I don't know what, who, what you think you're doing, but like, you can't do that to me that's that's not a thing that you can do um and he's like 
Look, those strange alien images in your head. Huge, right? Leathery, with blades, like razors erupting from their skin. She frowned. Who told you this? Nobody. Nobody had to. I've seen them. I don't know what the doctor said after the accident, but those images weren't caused by your head injuries or by medication. And you aren't crazy. They're real memories of real aliens. She sat still, said nothing. You described them as nightmares, I said, but were there any other images? One that wasn't a nightmare? One that seemed kind? Honorable, maybe? She nodded slowly. It's so vague. No form. Nothing recognizable. I've never told anybody about it. It's just a, a feeling, almost. A flash. A flash of blue, I said. And she's just like, alright, two days from now, I'll be there. Uh... Uh, and, uh, leaves to go tell Jake about his plan. I continue to love Lauren as yeah. a character. She's great. Considering this is the first time we've probably spoken to her since fucking Andalite Chronicles, and that mm -hmm. was her as a much younger woman, mm -hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. But the way she talks her attitude towards herself just like oh this is where Tobias gets so much of this from her mm -hmm. um she is so like him um and obviously she's, she's written that way it's intentional but the fact that she is a me so compassionate towards everyone except herself and all of that is just sort of like mm. But the, the fact that they've given like these flashes, like she does know that she had a son and that she does have this vague memory of Elfangor still. It's just that she has that and her willingness to listen and how little it takes to convince her. Mm -hmm. And not because she's naive, but because of how she's being spoken to. Like, she's not being babied or anything like that. This person that she's talking to who says he's her son and but knows enough and respects her as a person mm -hmm. and isn't getting mad um, about, like, it's just, like, listening to her reasoning and seemingly not judging her for it. Mm -hmm. I'm emotional. Also, it occurs to me as I'm saying this that Lauren is probably what early thirties, mid thirties. Yeah, because she was young when she had Tobias. Yeah, yeah. Time bullshit. She so, was like twenty. Yeah, when she had him. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'm gay. I don't do math. <laughs> yeah. But like the thought that like she's my age like mm -hmm. our age and the thought that like my friend just like a friend of mine dealing with somebody showing up being like yo I'm your kid and being this chill about it and not in a dismissive way but in a mm -hmm. open honest engaging way mm -hmm. love her as a character think she's incredibly well written here yeah she's wonderful yeah, um, I and she continues to be. For all, uh, yeah, uh, for all her self criticism, she also doesn't pity herself. Like, 
mm-hmm. in a way that we've seen some disabled characters treated. Yeah. Like, for all she thinks, like, I was in the hospital for too long, I couldn't have looked after a baby then, isn't like, it comes to the just being crazy at the end, with like, well, I couldn't have been much of a parent to you anyway. She isn't mm-hmm. like, oh, woe is me, I have the worst possible existence. Yeah. Uh, which paints a nice different picture to... um yeah, she's like, oh, you don't know what it's be like to be blind and everything like that. Yeah. Just like, here's some, just like, mm-hmm. Like, spoilers, like, relating to our content warning, the blindness is fixed by the end of this story. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that it's blindness caused by injury and stuff, we can argue about that, um, but it doesn't fix her amnesia. It's mm-hmm. not a, a magical cure-all. Yeah. And... She does like we saw, and I forget the name of the yerk that was in Cassie. Um, Aftran. Thank you, Aftran. Um, we have a moment where before the curing, uh, Lauren is like, oh, I can see again. Mm-hmm. And you can understand, but we've seen that reaction before and it's, mm-hmm. I don't, she's just great. She's great. Yeah. It's, uh, her blindness is is acknowledged as a disability, but it's not the end of her life. Like, she still, like, lives a full life. Or the extent of her personality and characterization. Yeah. Um, And, like, the real limitations on her life are not necessarily because of her blindness, but more because of her financial situation. Like, that's Mm -hmm. why she lives in this terrible neighborhood and, like, stuff like that. Like, if she had more money, she could theoretically, you know, do more, um, which is true for pretty much anyone. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's treated as a disability, which it is, but not as, you know, life ending disability. People who are also, it's also not portrayed as a flaw because uh, yeah. so, so often in media and in society, frankly, uh, both being poor uh, and also being disabled are treated like mm-hmm. moral failings by yeah. a certain kind yeah. of people and by society yeah. as a whole. We live in a deeply ableist society mm-hmm. um, and just like people are seen as lesser for being mm-hmm. disabled mm-hmm. and it's fucking shitty as all hell. Yeah. Um, and I appreciate that the book isn't doing that. Mm-hmm. Even from Axe. Uh, we don't see Axe spewing any of his fucking garbage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is you know good. Is? Growth. <laughs> well, it's a different ghostwriter is what the fuck it is. True. I can give it... It can be two things. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember how he acts in the next book, though. So, like, I can't... I can't yeah, call it growth point. yet. Um, Potential I I felt like this specifically regarding Lauren and her like financial situation. I assume she's getting some kind of disability checks and that's probably enough to sustain. So she doesn't have to actually work. Right. So she can spend what time she has helping people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's just barely enough to live on. Yeah. Uh, is is really the thing um 